You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have a very special guest. I have Steve Mastriani. So Steve has a very uh, unique, I should say, path to direct response and to writing and to copy. Um, and I'm very excited for him to kind of explain to you guys what uh, he's done in the past. So Steve, I'm going to give a little quick intro because I think it's so interesting that you used to be a rock star, like a real rock star, not in your head, like you actually performed and had a contract and you were a real musician that got paid. So that's pretty exciting. So I want you to tell our audience just a quick, you know, how you got into music and, and a few of the gigs that you did. For sure. Yeah. And first of all, thanks so much, Maria, for uh, for having me on the show. Yeah, it's um, the short, short story is basically uh, I'm, I've been a musician all my life and um, uh, with a very entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial mindset um, always. And so I just basically I got into I ended up getting signed. Uh, my band got signed by Gene Simmons out of all people. Um, he flew up to Canada and he uh, we were the first band that uh, that got signed. And, um, you know, fast forward uh, six months, we were touring with Kiss and all over North America. Um, just, you know, multiple record contracts and just a lot of really cool things going for us. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. Like it was stressful having a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but, um, a lot of fun, um, up and coming, but then huge wrench in the spokes, um, huge wrench in the spokes that my dad ended up getting sick and, um, I put my career on pause. And so I basically like all the rockstar dream and all that stuff, everything I've always dreamed about my whole life. Um, it was like, well, wait a second. First of all, the only reason I am even a musician or like even doing what I'm doing is because, you know, my father was a huge supporter, like number one fan. And so I got to support this guy now. And, um, and so I put my record, um, my, my recording career and like, you know, my music career on pause, um, to take care of them, uh, at that time that was, uh, back in 2013, but yeah, th- th- as far as getting there to, um, like it, we, I mean, we played so many, we played Mexico city two nights in a row. It was 18 and a half thousand people, uh, sold out both nights in a row and wow. just like over 30, over 30 shows with, with kiss alone. So you could imagine how, like how crazy that was and the fans and uh, they really embraced us. Like I think also, cause they knew that we were Gene's uh, band, like he signed us. And so, yeah, just crazy, crazy times. What was the name of the band? So uh, we were called The Envy. The Envy. Okay. Yeah, cool. The Envy. Yeah. So did you have actually? Did you have a, an album? Did you actually make a studio? Yeah, album? yeah. So we had we had an album and a couple of VPs, and I mean, it was it was kind of like it's an interesting thing, right? Because like it's sort of like okay, cool. This band's like taking off, getting notoriety, and um, you know, we had uh, some songs on the radio and and everything like looking up and all that, and it's just like oh man, just like thing after thing just starts getting thrown at us, and it wasn't just my father getting sick. But, like there there was there were a lot of different things, but my father getting sick definitely was like the thing where it's just like okay, well you know, like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm not going to yeah. go on, on tour and then find some really bad news. And again, like I said, cause I wouldn't even be there if it wasn't for my dad to support me. And, yeah. um, and so it was, it wasn't an easy decision, but at the same time, it kind of was, uh, it was the obvious decision that I, I had to do. Uh, okay. so yeah, unfortunate, but also kind of led me to where I am today. So you gotta, you know, when you're, when you're handed at lemons, you make lemonade, right? 
Well, yeah. I mean, and, and also like the interesting thing that you said is that you were very entrepreneurial and I mean, to be a musician, you have to have like, obviously a lot of discipline. This is an art you got to practice and so forth. So all these lessons I'm sure you're taking on to your business life and so forth. So can you tell us a little bit, like, what are you doing right now? So you went obviously on tour with kiss, which is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, And then how do you bring yourself from that reality to now obviously working on your own, but tell us what you do as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, so right now, so I have my, my own company, I guess you could call it, um, I don't know. I mean, it's either like, I guess a media, media publishing company. I have a, have a bunch of, um, coaching programs and info products and books. And so I'm kind of like, I'm the, the most like jack of all trades, master of none that you've ever seen. And, um, uh, whether it's I have like undiagnosed ADHD or something, or like, I just like achieving things and like, you know, tackling new things. Um, I I'm a professional songwriter as well as, um, as author and all this different stuff. And, but it's, what's weird about me is that I really love helping other people. And in some respects, I just, I, I'm the guinea pig in my own experiment first. And then I go help people do that same thing. And then I'm the guinea pig and I'm experiment first and then, or next. And then I help people do the same thing. So I'm, I really like that a lot. And um, being entrepreneurial, I kind of just, I just do that with anything. Like, so like you were saying, like it takes a lot of discipline and practice, so does business, right? And so when I, my dad was sick, it was the first time that I was in the same city for the same, for like for more than one day. And that rattled me. Right. Like, so going, playing different cities every single day and, and my stage name wasn't Steve, it was void and people would call me void. So it'd be like, kind of like slash or like edge or whatever. Yeah. So going from like being void and like everyone in the music industry calling me like, Hey, so void, blah, 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 blah. blah. And like, here's what we're going to do this, this next uh, month, we're going to be here and there. And like, anyway, then going to be like, just, just uh, plain old Steve and, and sleeping and the crazy thing, like, cause my dad was living with my grandfather at the time. Um, he moved in with my grandfather and there was a guest room had my old bed from when I was like, 10 years old in it. <laughs> and that was like the only bed. So I've like gone from like being at the peak of success peak of success right and like uh, in a tour bus and different hotels and stuff and massive uh arenas and stuff to going and like being like plain old stevie sleeping in my 10 year old bed and like i sometimes forget about that detail that like was very strange anyway but also i don't know i don't take myself too seriously and also my dad was sick so i had to take care of him it was like i don't care where where i was sleeping Um, plus there were some pretty sketchy places i slept like on tour as well on the way (laughs) up so don't even worry like but anyway so um while i was there even though though there was an identity crisis like i'm like i gotta make some some money like i gotta i gotta make some money while i'm here and also i'm gonna go crazy if i'm not creating anything while i'm uh, taking care of my dad and so i ended up just you know with my laptop just looking for different ways to um to make money and um and trust me like as a musician like there are so many different like different ways to to make money and i don't mean necessarily like um there's some like sketchy ways to make money and different things that like musicians always find like some odd jobs or weird things right and so but i finally stumbled upon um direct response and um just i I opted into someone's list on like hey you can do this or you can make this side money or whatever and one thing led to another and I ended up um, on a guy named uh, Alex Jeffrey's list uh, out in the UK and um, got into his coaching program. And just, I just, I needed something to like to do while my dad was sick as well, while I was taking care of him. Yeah. And um, so, but also something to make money. And I always like on the side while I was off tour, I always helped people play guitar. I always coached and I always had a passion for like accelerated learning and things like that. Kind of like geek in a rock star's body, like really, yeah. really into it. And so anyway, yeah, so I, that's how I stumbled upon it. Like, and I started building my business bit by bit from, from that point, from a hospital room. 
Wow, that's crazy. Well, I see behind you, you have, I think, one or two of the books that you wrote, right? Yeah, two. these are two of the books that I have here. My first book, Practice Less, Play More, and uh, my second book, Hobby Boss. So one is about um, playing guitar and um, well, actually, it would just be like more about playing songs because it could be applied to any instrument. But then based on the success of that and what that did for my business, then I wrote Hobby Boss so that I could help people do the same thing. So like what I was saying, I want to be the guinea pig and then I help people do the same thing. Okay, cool. So basically, you're helping people kind of get into the gig economy economy and really kind of learn from there. So right now you're doing a lot of coaching, I guess, for, for so co coaching. Yeah. And, and, um, basically I help. So I do two things. I mean, um, so my company's called rockstar mind and, um, it's, it's really like how you do anything is how you do everything. So I really just uh, teach success principles, but I mainly focus on musicians. Um, it's kind of like the easiest thing because of my uh, my background. Um, so I help people play their favorite songs and um, and also write songs. And also I help people to also um, start their own coaching business, like from, from a music perspective. Um, but that's all like an incubator where I do a bunch of different experiments. And then I have other clients on the hobby boss side of things where that could be like, I've got a client who's um, who's into art and she coaches people like she coaches artists. I have another person who's in pro audio. And so it's it, like with the hobby boss side, it just so happens that my clients right now are all um, like uh, kind of art related. They're in the arts, but it really applies to anything, whether it's sports or anything like that. Like when you're teaching someone how to do something, which is just such yeah. a huge, huge industry right now, um, especially, I mean, COVID really, I mean, let, let that made that surge, but yeah. um sharing expertise. I mean, the overhead is sometimes next to nothing, depending on how you set things up, right? You don't have any like inventory or anything. So yeah. helping someone do what you know how to do or what you're kind of like, even if you're one step ahead of them and you're on the journey with them, huge yeah. business. Well, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I, it feels like, you know, obviously coaching, um, before it sounds like a scammy thing, you know what I mean? Like the FTC is having a lot of issues with coaching business and mm. so forth. So there's this like negative stigma for coaching, but at the same time, we all need, I, you know, a lot of people are not going to school as much anymore. There's just the traditional ways of learning, I think are getting disrupted. So I do believe I, I'm in the same mindset as you, like sometimes you just need, you know, somebody who's a couple of steps ahead to show you yeah, a yeah. couple of steps and so forth. Other times, you know, I'm a self learner, you know what I mean? So mm. for me, I feel like I can go on, YouTube and I type something out and I'm like, just going to read. So it's, it, I mean, it's amazing. The world is amazing. You can learn like, you, we have more For information sure. on our phone than like the U S government had in 1980. 100%. If you're like self-driven and also resourceful to like, um, to piece the things together, then great. But what's interesting is that was what I would describe myself as that before I had kids. Um, okay. and, and like after getting like just smashed down, like with the sleep deprivation and all the stuff, um, I mean, like even this past September, just uh, our whole family getting COVID one thing that I, I've always been big on coaching. I've always invested a lot in coaching. Um, um, but, and I didn't, I had a post-secondary education, like two years of college, but that was really just kind of like, I don't know, my, that was just to appease my parents. Like they really supported me with music all the time, but they're just like, maybe you might want to go to college just for a couple of years. And it's ironic because a lot of the things that I learned in college in multimedia design is like stuff that I'm using now in my own business as a solopreneur. Oh, really? um, but it's, wow. yeah, it's very cool how things come around. Right. Um, but it's like, but the interesting part is, um, how, so I always, I believe in coaching for sure. But the interesting part is when I really like needed it was when my brain, my, my brain power, whether it was just being, um, uh, super tired or whether it was just like not being able to piece things together or like stress or overwhelmed. I'm like, I just need someone to just tell me what to do. Like, that's what, what I'm buying. Like I could search for something on online, but yeah. if someone who's done it already, if they're like, okay, well, cool. Just do this, this, and this, and see what you're doing there. Just tweak it a little bit. And this would actually be good like this, or definitely don't do that. 
that's what you're paying for, right? Like you're paying for the experience and and just shortening that learning curve. And so for me, that's, I'm, but I'm a buyer. I'm like a buyer is a buyer is a buyer. Like I'm that person. Yeah. Like you could sell, probably sell me something by the end of this thing. And I'd probably buy like <laughs> a I'm, merchant I, account. Yeah. If, yeah. If I see, <laughs> if I see the value yeah. in it, like, I mean, I'm just, I'm all over that because again, it just shortens that time. Right. I really, I respect time. And yeah. so like, and my own time, I don't want to waste it. Right. So it's like, I, that's where I invest in coaching. So as a coach, since I believe in it so much, I think that that's part of like what makes me sell it so well. So let me explain, let me, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously you buy coaching, you sell coaching and, and, and all this, how do you find, there's so many coaches, right? Mm-hmm. And we see the Lamborghinis and the, and the, 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 the hot chicks and the, this and that, yeah. and all this fun stuff. But like, how do you decipher who is a good coach? Like, how do you find somebody that's actually going to resonate with you? And it's not like, you know, let's call it bullshit. That's not. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, for sure. And for, I definitely don't look at the Lamborghinis and all that. Like maybe when I was younger, I, I did. Um, but no, what I look for is um, there's some level of authenticity. There's definitely an X factor there that um, you have to connect with the person. Like it has to be someone who is like, whoa, that person's just like me. Like that person, like my coaches right now um, or anyone who even I, I've uh, been coached by, um, I've been pretty good at selecting them because there's just something about what they said. Like, I don't know, my bullshit detector is pretty damn good. Like being in the music industry, like it kind of, it, it just, it has to be right. And yeah. so, um, yeah, like, I mean, I followed, followed so many people, but what's ironic is a lot of the people that I followed, whether it's just a general thing that people like playing guitar or have like the idea of playing guitar, but like almost every single coach that I've had, has either played guitar in the past because for some reason, a lot of like failed musicians become um, like successful business people. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, so some people like Frank Kern, Frank Kern um, was kind of my first like guru that I've ever followed. And, and I love Frank. I mean, like I met him a few times. I've been in a bunch of his programs and, super funny dude i like him because he doesn't take himself too seriously and like some of the stuff he says works and some of the stuff doesn't but like like sweet i love it and and maybe i saw that he played guitar first so i'm like oh that's interesting like some of his examples were oh that's that makes sense okay cool i could apply that and i just kind of buy into the world and then until he proves me wrong and like um you know i like he does something that's totally against what i believe are his core values which are also my core values then that's when i would go to another coach but but usually um i stick with all the people who I just vibe with. And usually for me, that's just like an extension of my personality, great sense of humor, um, smart, and um, thinks about things like out of the box, also a little rebellious. Those things, I think, because there's so many coaches, you have yeah. to decipher it as someone for you. It's not like, who's who's going to be the one who's going to help everyone? Like, I, I don't care about what this person's saying. It's so boring to hear me listen to this. Like, I just can't sit through a, a presentation. Sure. So why would I invest 5,000 bucks or 10,000 or whatever it might be into their mastermind when I don't even believe in what they're saying or I can't even stand listening to them? So, so that's my criteria is, would this be someone like, can I spend a year with this person? Like, can I stand them? Do they inspire me? You know, do they, do they entertain me? Um, because I also understand how hard the journey is going to be. And yeah. you need to have someone in your corner who's going to be able to propel you. Um, but also almost like a buddy or a big brother or sister, you know, like um, yeah. it's, it's, so that's the criteria that I use. 
Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of these programs are like 5,000 is probably on the lower end. Lower for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get more like the 10, 15, 20,000 now. And you know, it's, it's, it's a daunting thing. Like I've invested in masterminds, you know, that were 30,000 and 40,000. I've even been in one that was 50,000, you know what I mean? And that's a lot of money. Cause like, you're like, uh, yeah, you know, no matter how much money you're making, like you don't want to waste $50,000 on anything. Um, But you know, at the end of the day, I have to say, obviously in some masterminds, some went better than others for me. Uh, But I do agree with you is like, you have to vibe with the person. And it's like, when, when you're listening to somebody's content, at least for me, I'm listening to somebody's content in my head. If I'm like, that's bullshit. Totally. That's when I'm like, we're done. I'm not even going to yeah. continue because if I have that one thought watching their recorded stuff yeah. um, and the flashy stuff and, and you know, like I don't need to show people my car or anything to make them yeah. believe me. I can rent the car, you know, I can get into an Airbnb and rent the car for a day and fill shoot a video and, totally. and kind of sell it. So, and they do, you know, and they do. buyer beware, of course. And, 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 you know, speaking with somebody, maybe even a 15 minute call or, um, you know, like watching a lot of their free content because most of, most coaches have a lot of free content, you yeah. know, available. So making sure that, so that's interesting. And it's interesting that you, obviously you're tra- like attracts like, so musicians yeah. are coming to you and back and forth. Now, obviously you have a lot of, you know, you're, you're very, very creative and you're doing like, you're the opposite of me. It's funny. I'm like the anti-creative person. <laughs> I am the numbers financial person. So I always find it very funny when I talk to somebody who's literally the antithesis of me. Uh, cause I, like when people say like, I like to write and I'm like, no, I, okay. You know, like, I'll just look at a spreadsheet. I'm good. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, but you know, in your business, you have obviously different staff. And we were touching on this before when we were talking earlier. And I, this is a question that I get a lot is like, and this is a challenge that I have in my business and a lot of people have in their business is, you know, hiring staff. And mm-hmm. and when you're a small scale business, I feel like it's harder than when you're, you know, you have that hundreds of people and people come on board when you're your first kind of ghost, uh, five, six, seven people, uh, staff that you need. That's, I feel when it's the hardest time, yeah. like it's just very difficult because they're draining your time. They're draining your energy. So you mentioned that you have some, uh, VAs in the Philippines. Yes. So yeah. tell me a little bit about the people that work for you and your experience in general. For sure. In the Philippines. Even even how I got to that point, because one thing when you're starting a business, right? Um, very often an entrepreneur will feel like doing everything themselves. And you at first you have to, right? Like yeah. at first you have to, but then it gets to a point where you probably shouldn't. Like there's this breaking point where you probably shouldn't be doing that because that's maybe $10 an hour work. And you really need to be focusing on like the high leverage stuff, the high impact stuff. And so it's funny because in 2018, my daughter was born. Um, so our first child was born, uh, Milana. And, um, and so like I worked in my basement that was already an issue, like working at home and all my, my um, friends who were fathers, they're like, what are you doing working at home? Are you crazy? And it's like, oh man, I know, but you know, I can't really afford getting an office or blah, blah, blah. And, and so, cause that's also tied to this, right? It's like you, you kind of, at some point you have to just kind of bet on yourself. And, um, and so what I did here, which is actually amazing. Um, there are some places where you can actually, um, you can have like four days, four days a month or five days a month in an office. So maybe like one day a week, go to an office. As soon as I experienced it for the first time, like, Oh wow, no crying babies or anything like that. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and like being in a place that's, that's your own is like, this is incredible. So anyway, then I got a good, great deal on an office. And anyway, so I do that, but then I realized like, okay, well, I can't, there are all these other tasks that I shouldn't be doing. Right. And so maybe let me start looking at like, instead of like how I can do something, let's say who can help me do something. Right. It's like a big thing, big shift. Right. I'm um, going from how to who. And so, um, 
basically I started looking. So one of my coaches and, and friends um, at the time, James Schramko, super brilliant dude, who um, he turned me on, I think his wife's company, um, his wife's company, Vision Find, I believe they're called. Um, they they scout for different um, different uh, VAs, virtual assistants. And I'm like, yeah, because yeah, I don't want to hire anyone local because, I mean, the prices, I can't really afford that. But I've been hearing a lot of great things about virtual assistants. So I thought, okay, well, you know, if I hire a couple people part-time or I hire one person part-time, then I'll just see how it goes and maybe I'll get into full-time. I end up um, chatting with, there are two people who applied and I end up chatting with them. This was back in 2019. and. I liked what both of them had to say. And I also, I'm looking at how much they agreed to and I'm like, wow, okay, well, I mean, I could definitely afford that. I think that, I think at the time it was like 500 bucks for both of them for part-time work um, for the month, 500 oh, wow. bucks, okay. but yeah, 500 bucks for uh, us, 500 bucks us um, for part-time work, which would have been, I can't remember what they were doing, maybe 20 hours a week or something like that each. And they would help me with the things that I didn't want to do um, that like, or that I shouldn't have been doing. I started like that and I realized how much more time I had to do on like how I could create like the revenue that I needed to not only, um, you know, to grow the business, but also the, to, to pay them so that I could continue to grow the business. So I quickly said to them, like, Hey, do you want to come on full time? Like I'll, I'll double your, 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 uh, your pay. And they'll be like, yeah, no, this is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. And, and so I'm like, wow. And that went for a couple, couple more, um, uh, months. And then I'm like, this is, this is really great, but there are these gaps because they can't work every single day and it's only two people. I should get someone else. Like, this is incredible. Um, and I want to take care of them as well. And like, you know, um, they even, you know, the, a couple of them want to play guitar as well. So like, I give them all the stuff, access to obviously everything. Right. And, um, but it's like, then I got a third person who for that person, I wanted to specialize in, like, maybe they have a little bit of interest in design or something like that. So if I need something on Photoshop or something that, like even my, uh, my other two VAs who are all three of them are still with me. Like they, it's, they're very loyal. Like, um, oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm good to them. Like I just gave them the whole uh, week off. I'm like, I, you, I, you better not clock in. You better not clock in, um, until like the 29th. Um, uh, like uh, at the time we're recording, like, so basically you better not clock in, uh, and it's going to be a paid vacation. Like just, just take it. And I better not see you clock in obviously like lol right but it's like i want to take care of them i want to make sure that everything is um is good um because they they take care of me and um and it's been it's been really great like video editing and like little um graphics here and there um so your experience like with people working overseas because obviously like you said when you're starting out and you're kind of building your business there's you know there's there's even for myself i have these mundane things sometimes i have to do like obviously i I hired that out i I can't can't do everything on my own um but did you find like so far working you know you specifically went offshore you went to the philippines has that been a positive experience for you for the most part it's been amazing um for the most part and now at the beginning there are some some bumps in the road now I blame sleep deprivation and stuff that my memory, there are a few things that did piss me off that were like, I should bring up because there are some, some things to look out for. And I also, some of my cautionary clients, tales, yeah, cautionary tales for that. sure. Okay. And because even my clients, um, who, who I, um, let them know about the VAs and I'm like, get them to hire. They've also had some, um, some cautionary tales. And so there are things to be careful. One thing I really like about Philippines is number one, um, uh, people in the Philippines are typically um, very hardworking and their English is great. Um, cause I think that they learn English in school on the way up. And so 
English is great. And, um, and it's kind of like, at least for where I'm at in Canada, it's like 12 hours, usually 12 or 13 hour difference. So I know at least when it's noon here, it's midnight there. And they, if they, if you want them to get on your schedule, then they will, and they'll shift. Um, and so it's just like remote work in general, you kind of like, should I work on your schedule or, or mine? But the, I like the math is like 12, 12 hours usually. Um, and so you plan accordingly, but then there's, okay, there's the flip side. It's not all, you know, um, it's not all great. Um, it, there's, there are a couple of things because, of the time difference as well as sometimes like shoddy internet or there are some tendencies that i have found that sometimes either there might be a storm or there might be some bullshit uh, regardless that it's like an excuse of oh my internet's down yeah i don't know which one it is sometimes it might be a legit storm sometimes it might not be sometimes there's some like some things that are might seem a little sketchy um but this is where you got to just stay on top because like every culture has, has their tendencies. Every, every, like, you know, I'm going to just flat out say, like, I don't know how a PC it's going to be, but like, I, like, I kind of miss stereotypes in comedy. Like, I love that. I think it's funny. I'm not offended if someone makes fun of Italian people. Like, I don't, I think it's hilarious. Right. Yeah. Um, But every culture has their thing and that's totally cool. Okay. Yeah. It's totally cool. It's part of what makes us, you know, the makes a culture culture. Yeah. It makes it special. And, and so, um, there are certain tendencies that I find that, um, at least in the Philippines, um, there may not be some things that are brought up, like even actually just, um, just earlier today, when I was telling my, my, um, staff about my, my VAs about, um, taking the week off, um, one of the guys, he he messaged and he said, he's like, okay, well, when does it start? And I go, okay, well, yeah, um, uh, it's like start right away. And by the way, like, you know, in the new year, because uh, this guy's part-time, I'm like, in the new year, I want to work towards getting you on full-time. And he said, um, he's like, oh, thank you so much. Um, I've actually been meaning to ask you that for months. And and this is something that I was told about um, in the Philippines, that very often when it comes to like confrontation or asking for something like that, it just might not um, be, it's not necessarily, you know, it's not typical. And I mean, whether it's a cultural thing, like what's appropriate or not, um, yeah worth work and so it's one thing to look out for for sure we're just as the as the the boss you have to just yeah. you have to be aware that you might not hear it from them you want to say you, you want to bring it up you yeah. bring it up you know yeah. you're going to bring it up and there's certain things even like when i suspected that there were some things that were happening like for example if like maybe there might be someone might be taking on another job without telling me it's like just flat out asking like, Hey, by the way, I was just curious, like, you know, are, are you, is this the only job that you have right now? Or like just flat out ask and you don't have to be confrontational necessarily. Like it doesn't have to be negative. It's just, but they'll be like, they'll be honest for you in general, be honest, be honest, just, but they won't but bring it up. They won't, they won't initiate. Bring it up. Okay, yeah. They won't well, initiate. And so, and, and we're also keeping tabs with the, with the storm stuff or the, I can't work or just, if there's anything like that, like, um, you know, you just make suggestion. Like, is there an internet cafe around or like, you just don't want to fall for any potential BS. Um, so you I'm gotta not have Apple weather on your phone. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. You know, you gotta be keep on top of this stuff right now. Yeah. Um, so with, with a couple of my clients, um, they've had some wonky experiences. Cause like, you know, I think with any, any job, some people will just flake out completely. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, um, so it's not, it's not by all means, like it's not Philippines, um, uh, you know, singled out. It's just by like with any job, someone might flake out and you just got to be on top of it and call them out and, and not take that. Now, luckily the, the, what you're paying for, for a Filipino VA is probably a lot less than local, like let's say Canadian or American, sure. yes. um, European, um, VA, but, um, but, and also with that, by the way, just, I, I should also just, um, finish with saying that when you're going for with an agency, typically like something like vision find, it would be the one that I, I went through and I, I recommend them for sure. Cause they got me three that, um, three VAs that I'm really happy with. Um, okay. the, 
it's a general like it's a general va that you have to train it's not like necessarily someone comes in and they're like a super specialist in one thing i just said hey maybe they might have a visual arts um background or whatever and it just so happened that that one of the people who applied did have that um but it's like you're typically getting like a blank canvas um that you could uh, just like any and typical like you mold them you mold them and then you should anyway you should because um you want them to be the best that they can be right i've trained my vas in a lot of different things and i also want to contribute like i'm one thing you got to realize like if you're not hiring someone like or if you've never hired anyone before is you're also when you do hire them you're responsible for like you're helping feed their family like you're you're responsible you're taking on like your business is now helping to feed someone's family and so they're your they're part of your family as well and you you got to take care of them the same way that you hope that they take care of you and so you know you want to see them succeed i hope that um if they have some extra time if they have extra projects that they're doing sure like as long as it doesn't eat into my stuff um take on more stuff and and the skills that you're developing i hope that you get paid and i want to see them thrive you know what i mean so i mean i'm also for project-based work in general, right? Like you have a task list, like some people, like I am extremely fast. Like I clean my house sometimes and like, I'm just like mopping the floor. My husband turns around. I'm like, I'm done. He's like, done? What? Like how, how, how did that happen? I'm just That's like, magic. I move fast. Yeah. The Greek, Greek, the Greeks, we move <laughs> quick, you know? Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You were saying, uh, like about traditions. This is just like a, a weird story. It made me think of like, cause you mentioned Italian. So, um, in the Greek culture, there's this thing. And I didn't realize this obviously until, um, you know, I had my son and, and, and kind of these things come up, obviously, as you have a family and so forth. Um, Greeks never open presents in front of people because what? it's not, it's not like a, a nice thing to be like, ah, look what I got. Look what I got. No, no, no. You know? No so like my whole life, people would come, let's say birthday parties. And, and the if they were Greek, everybody kind of knew this, right? You give people the presents, they put them to the side. They say, thank you so much, whatever. Maybe they'll call you after to personally thank you for the gift and stuff like that. But you do not make a display of this. This is just not something that's done. On the Italian side, like, you know, uh, you're Italian, but the Italians, they're very like, you know, come on, let's open showy. it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for so sure. So I have like a side of Greek and a side of Italian family now, and we're having my son's birthday party, and the Italians want to see the 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 presents open, oh and the God. Greeks are all mortified. They're like, "You're not supposed to open the presents. That's very rude. That's not supposed. You're not supposed to gloat. It's kind of like a gloating thing, you're right? Gloating, they don't. Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. supposed to gloat in front of people. So I mean, that's just one example of you know people cultures like people don't realize that, and like what's rude in one culture is not necessarily that's hilarious. Rude Wait, in so the your other. husband's your husband's Italian? Yes. Yes. Oh wow, that's yeah. so crazy. Wow, that's yeah. that's amazing. So so, just, so like. Just, and you think though, let's say, you know, when you, you're, you're, you're with somebody who's European, like of descent. And when I say that is because obviously my parents are immigrants. So I, you know, I, I'm tied really to that Greek culture there. So, um, you feel like if somebody's like in that region, they kind of get it, but even just like between Greek, Greece and Italy, which are so close and you know, whatever, there's still a lot of things that sometimes I'm like, eh, this is That's weird. That's very you know? interesting. That is very interesting. And I think that actually that, yeah, there, there are probably more differences between, um, Italy and Greece than like Italy, France. Italy, Spain, like yeah. I think Greece, Greece is a little bit of a wild card for sure, but there are similarities, definitely overlap. So wait a second, just follow up on that. So yeah. you say thank you, and then everyone goes home, and you open them in private, or is there like a special yes. room that even while no, they're no, there, no, they you, just no, can't no, see no. it? You open it in private. You take they it have home. To, but they, they have to leave. They, the, the the people will have had to go, or you will have to leave no, their no, place. You, like. You you basically let's say we rent a room. Yeah. Everybody has the the presents there. You say thank you to everybody. They leave. You take the presents home. You open them when you get home. Oh my god, that's, that's it. and so it never happens that the person who brings the gift, like that they're in the premises, 
they're in the vicinity and yeah. they then you, they see a gift being opened. No, like that. That's not how Greeks do it. Like when my, when I was a kid and we had birthday parties, which I never, I never, my mom, like my birthday parties were like, she'd like my birthdays in the summer. She'd go look outside who's available. Okay. Let's, let's, let's cut a cake for Maria. That was my birthday party. No she would never way. like really like my mom, my parents are like immigrant immigrants. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. They don't have that North American kind of things that like, I'm like throwing my kid a birthday party. I'm like, well, what kind of cake? What's the theme? You know, like, yeah, no. yeah. That's <laughs> I didn't hilarious. Get that. That's amazing. <laughs> that is but, so you know, funny. I love funny. that stuff. Now, now we're, we're, we're talking about children and so forth. So I do want to mention, ask one thing, cause I know a lot yeah. of parents listen and we have a lot of people obviously, um, um, you know, at an age where direct response, I feel like is a lot a space where there's like a lot of like late twenties, early thirties, kind of like 25 to 40 type uh, yeah. group where people are kind of getting into it. And that's obviously the age that a lot of people have children as well. Um, and you mentioned obviously the chaos that comes with it. I get it. I feel it not to, you, not to your scale, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Steve, Steve, you mentioned to me, obviously that you had uh, a daughter and then uh, your wife twin got boys. pregnant and you got twin, twin boys. boys. Yeah, twin boys. So three kids, three kids under five years old. I mean, this could be a public service announcement for anyone who's <laughs> considering having multiple kids. Um, we could do that. But no, um, um, what's actually interesting is this is today's like the final day of a stomach bug that I had. Um, I caught from my daughter. Um, <laughs> it's like nonstop. Like it's nonstop. And by the way, this stuff like lights me up. So I'm happy to do it even when I'm not feeling amazing. But um, it's yeah. I mean, well, what do you want? Like, what do you want to talk about? There's a well, plethora let, let of stuff. Let me ask you this. So like one experience that I've had is I, I feel like myself since I had uh, my son, I feel like I am much more productive than I used to be in a shorter amount of time. Like the amount yeah. of work that I can do in four hours would take me eight hours before yeah, I had yeah. my son. Cause you have so to, cause you have to, what, you have to, you're like, yeah. he's, he's home at three 30. I gotta go. I gotta go. So yeah. what are a couple of things that you find have changed, let's say for the positive or maybe the negative? Like, Good, I don't let's know. do both. Yeah. 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 Let's okay. do both. Okay. So I'm going to start with before I had three kids. So, so when Milano <laughs> was born, there was a crazy search. So this is for anyone who's like considering having kids and like, they want to have kids and um, like, it's about to happen. Like, there's a crazy switch that flips in your brain that like, I don't know what it is, but now, especially as an entrepreneur, like you are responsible for feeding this person. Like you're like, sure. Maybe for your spouse or your partner, like there is that too. Cause it's your family. Yes. But this is your offspring. Like this is someone who you have to, they're going to depend on you completely. And so it's a crazy switch that like, I had a surge of creativity for a long, long time. Um, after that now, um, sleep dep deprivation kicked in that killed my inner perfectionist was a good thing. Um, at first I was like about, I didn't really like that. The sleep deprivation was there, but also being a touring musician, you kind of sleep in different places and there's different schedules. Um, also traveling all over the place so it didn't bother me that much but i love the creative creativity surge i love that the inner perfectionist was killed um then okay then you level off and the kids start sleeping like just sleep training and all that and then you get your energy back and um you start piecing things together i get my office and all that and like things are things are good and looking up right and whatever i thought was stressful before oh man looking back on that i'm just like oh my god what a lightweight oh my god i thought i can't believe i used to think that was stressful but i always i always fight for like I always fight like my business is really important to me because that's also like my other kid. Right. And also, I know that that's going to feed my family. So I'm, I take it really seriously. So I always, you know, I try to protect and have boundaries. Very important to have boundaries. Um, but definitely what you said about um, even with one kid that you can't just do whatever you want anymore. So the that's a level of responsibility and purpose, which is great. That definitely helps to like reel it in a bit. 
but also then there's Parkinson's law that like you, I only have four hours to do this thing. So it has to get done. So that's good. You turn off the uh, inner perfectionist. There's a lot of stuff that really is at play for, to be successful there. Um, and when you have a kid, that's way different than not having a kid. Now we go and um, to the ultrasound and the person, the technician says, whoa, okay, well we have two here and um, congratulations. You're having twins. And my wife's just bawling her eyes out. Not happy. Like she's just like, Oh my God, like everything's going to be so crazy now. And I'm like, Oh, okay. No, don't worry. Everything's gonna be okay. Like, so like, um, <laughs> illusions of grandeur like just oh everything's gonna be great i'm gonna take care of this and oh my god we got our asses kicked because then one year one month later covid hits and um and we just seriously we got our asses handed to us like through um my mother-in-law lived with us we were three adults in the house and um and three kids but then my mother-in-law moved out i think it was a year and a half afterwards that was the plan anyway but um when we were outnumbered then by the kids and they started growing in power and and noise and messiness and wasting money it's like a never ending faucet of money just being drained at all times. I have like a million different examples for it, but it's an interesting thing, right? Because now, um, you know, we don't have to have like disclaimer. Oh, I love my kids, but whatever. Like parenting is I very mean, hard. Everybody loves their kids. Yeah. And I, I hate when you, you yeah. love your kids. Like, oh, you don't I love my kids, it, but, but you don't have to, you don't have to say like, it's yeah. like, okay, everyone knows that part. Parenting. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of it. Like, I'm just going to flat out say, I'm not a huge fan of parenting because like, I guess whether I'm, I have just so many things I want to do. Like, it's just a lot loss of control, right? What it does show you is it's like an extreme example of understanding yourself, which is a huge, like core value of mine is like self-awareness, understanding yourself. Um, getting into like the flaws, the weaknesses and the strengths and starting to shape yourself in this new role. And it's like Parkinson's law to nth degree. Like my model last year um, was crank while you can, because it's like, I didn't know when I was going to be in my office. Like parenting with multiple kids is much different than parenting one kid because parenting multiple kids, the amount of, excuse me, French, but fuckery that can happen. This is what I want to do this week turns into my whole week shot or, okay, today I've got this meeting or that meeting and that thing. And it's like, oh, fuck, I got to call all these people and cancel. And it's like that happens more often than not. And yeah. so what that ends up forcing you to do, whereas with one kid, I could see this happening. Yes. And this did have to happen. But with multiple kids, for sure, is you really have to be on top of your systems. You really have to be on top of you have to have people working with you, like um, like working for you. It's just you need to. It's not about how it's about who, because you're taken out of the equation where you need to be like just distilled down to your core um, roles and like your strengths because it's going to take a lot out of you. And it's basically, it's going to like, you have to rely on the best principles possible, um, focused periods of time. Um, definitely um, one thing, and I'm writing a book about this actually right now um, for, for entrepreneurs about productivity, but it's yeah. like one of the main things is understanding um, understanding yourself and understanding how much sleep you can actually get away with, not screwing around with that. Um, if you have to nap in the middle of the day, like a 20 minute, minute power nap, um, having focused blocks of time, making sure that what you're doing is high impact work, not doing anything else that's not um, hiring that out. Like there are, it's a Rubik's cube basically around every corner. Um, and yeah, man, like it's, I feel, I feel like, you know, although, although obviously there's a lot of stress and stuff like that, just in, in, in general, you know, what you said is more net positive than net negative. Oh, right? oh yeah, for sure. No, hundred percent. Productivity's yeah. up. You're learning how to delegate, which is a problem for a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of people, like even myself included, I only started hiring people like three, four years after I started business. I was like, well, no, they're not going to know how to do that. And not going to yeah. know how to do that. And I don't like how they answer that. And then it became a must. You know what I mean? Like I have, I need somebody there. I have, you know, family and all this. And, you know, people who are solopreneurs um, and, and, and I don't like to be like, you'll see when you have, you know, yeah. I 
yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, that sure. person yeah. because I was told that I had, you know, I had my son later and it was like, you'll see when you have kids. I'm like, don't worry mm. about it. We're all in different stages. Everything's in different. Yeah, for sure. But it, you know, obviously experiencing that. Yes, it is different. You have to like, you, you just have no choice. You have to I, adapt I think, and you have to be yeah. more productive, you know, yeah, I think for sure. And I think like, so the, the core, the nature of an entrepreneur, I feel is someone that is a little bit of like a rebel that, um, that they don't like being told what to do. Right. And so I think what the, where the rub is, because again, like it's, yes, isn't that positive? Of course. Like, you know, I'm not going to like bounce on a plane to Costa Rica, even though it's, I'm tempting. Oh my God, it's tempting. Like, <laughs> of course, it's just a stressful time in your life where it's more stressed than you're used to. Yes. Um, and, and so I think the rub is that at our, at our core, we're rebellious. We don't like being told what to do. And you're basically put in a situation where you're not in control for the first time, because oh, yeah. now, especially when the kids start talking back and believe me, oh my God, it's crazy how like that, like when you have multiple ones, it's like a, um, just like a committee, a committee of just ignoring you and taking you for granted. I want to come over. I like, want to oh, see this. No, like all I'm going to do, I'm actually going to have like, gonna have like an $8 per month subscription to just a live feed of my house at all times. It's going to be, I'm going to, it's going to, I'm going to partner up with birth control companies and like condom <laughs> companies. And just like, for like, are you sure you want to have kids? No, but, um, <laughs> the thing is though, it isn't that positive because it's, it's stressful for sure. But it, it, the reason why I think it's so stressful is because that rub we're being forced to become something that it will end up being better. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. it will probably crush some people for sure. I mean, like yes. whatever, not everyone's going to make it, but it's that for the people who do survive that, like if surviving and for me, that's always been like a weird thing for me is I know that if I could turn this sour into sweet, like if I can actually overcome this, the it's the sweet is going to taste so much sweeter after yeah. the sour. And also, so the victory is going to be great. Um, I'm really competitive. Like the victory is going to be great, but then also my true nature, like I said, from this to this, my, um, I just want to help people. So right now I feel what keeps me sane is, um, being kind of a Guinea pig in my own experiment and like really being like in the, like leaning into it, like leaning into it, getting just understanding it all. Cause then I also know that I'm going to write it. I'm going to document it inside, um, in a book, um, with the best strategies that I compile along the way to then help someone else who's in the same situation and doesn't have the answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the good thing is that you're, you're using yourself as a social experiment to help others. And, and, you know, that, that makes, you know, for me an effective coach. Um, I'm going to ask you like in terms of strategy, right? Like, yeah. you know, starting a business and so forth, I, you know, it's funny because a lot of people go and, and I think COVID did this and I, you know, I don't like, I don't want to say, but I, I think COVID just changed a lot of things about the world, yeah. like just people, how they are, how they work and so forth. But, um, for you specifically, like, I mean, obviously you started before that and, and so forth, but how, what are the first, you know, I don't know, three, four, I don't want to give you the number, but a couple of steps that you think are the best things for somebody to do when they're starting their business? Like, yeah. is it getting help right away? Is it, you know, like, tell me, obviously you've done this a couple of times, so I'm using you as a guinea pig for our audience. Like, what are a few things as you're starting out, you're like, you should do this and, and skip this and don't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, shameless plug is pick up hobby boss because that it would be, um, I mean, like, I don't even care whether it's 99 cents or even just message me and like, I'll just send you a copy. I just, just I really, really, um, think that like, I've never had a book that was just, this is what happens from scratch. Like do this from scratch. Everyone's like, Oh, once you have your own business, like scale it to seven figures and all that. It's like, well, what happens from the beginning? What happens like right from the beginning? Yes. So that's exactly what the book is about. Okay. It's like, okay, well, like in COVID, like a lot of people losing their jobs and um, a lot of people want to switching, switch jobs. And, and it's like, 
look at the things you can already do. I highly recommend you get into the info space, like teach someone how to do something you already know. And don't worry if you're the like supreme expert of this thing. It's just if you're passionate about it and you love it and um, and it's something that like isn't super, super weird and like only three people in the world will be into, then most likely you can actually do something because it doesn't even matter if there are other big sites. Some people hate big sites. Some people hate corporations. Some people want to hear from someone who's just like them. And yeah. so like, for example, for me, people are either intimidated by me and they bounce or I remind them of themselves when they were younger. Um, I think that's why me and Gene Simmons get along so well. But it's like um, I remind them of someone that um, when they, when they were younger, or they just kind of like like hanging out with someone who's a rock star, like and it's cool to them. They want to yeah. tell my stories at the dinner table. So I've got something like I, I, I lean into those things, but like everyone's got something, whether you're funny or whether you tell great stories or, um, you know, but it's the thing that you're into photography or sports or uh, music or, or art or um, crochet or whatever it is, like whatever the thing is, this is why hobby boss, like you take your hobby and you can teach it. Even if you do what I did, I only got into um, uh, teaching guitar online to learn direct response. And then like that, then I, you know, went deeper into it and got into other things, but it's like, even if at the very least you just make like an extra, you know, hundred to five hundred bucks a month doing something like um, that's based on your hobby, and um, even if it's a, being an affiliate selling other people's crochet courses or whatever, like um, building up an email list. And I'll get back to like specifically the the steps, but it's like I just want to kind of talk about like the possibility, the end result, hundred to five hundred bucks to even just learn the game and then decide what you want to do from there, and that could be considered technically your step one, but to really start off, you just have to look at what you already know or what you're already passionate about. I have three things. You're either an expert. Um, you are um, uh, a peer who like you're on the same journey with them. You're just going through it as well. Like, let's just say if it was learning guitar, like you might just know how to play like a few songs and you help like really like the right, like fresh beginners, like novices, and you help them. You're just a few steps ahead. And that's fine. Or you're just the best at researching and putting together the, the resources and coming up with a newsletter. That's here are the 20 best videos I found on this. And you have like a five dollar per month subscription or nice. like you could be a curator you know a yeah. reporter of the thing there's so many different ways to make money um but you have to like if you're not passionate about what you do well let's just say if you're like you know there's a big opportunity with crypto but you don't understand crypto you don't even care about crypto and uh, it kind of bothers you hearing about it all the time don't get into <laughs> crypto like do something that you really love and um and i would pick like and there's a whole process inside hobby boss but like you have um, like pick like two or three things and do a little bit of research of like are a lot of people talking about this thing to seem like something popular even narrow down to a specific group of people who might do this like maybe um, people who retired and teach them how to do photography or you yeah. know people only in one part of the world teach them how to do this or in a language if you speak another language oh my god that's amazing um, because you could target that so so definitely starting from from your passion I mean the tagline is turn your passion into profits online but getting in the info space just because there's no real overhead yeah, there's no overhead and, and you can kind of get started. And the interesting thing that you said is uh, another language. So, um, you know, a lot of people focus on English and I feel a lot of non-English speakers are focusing on English uh, yeah. market because, you know, the US, Canada, UK is the most money and so forth. But there's a lot of money to be made. Let's say you speak French or you speak Italian or totally. these are huge markets, you know what I mean? And, huge. and, and like, just as an example, what I did when I started my business, and this was in 2009, I won't say how old I am, it's a long time ago, 2009 started the business. And, you know, back then, obviously, it sounds like Oh my God, Maria, you got in at the right time. But in that time for me, I was like, oh, everybody's selling merchant accounts here in the US. And, you know, oh my God, how am I going to kind of, you know, outshine all these people? So what I did is I just 
I mean, I speak a couple of languages as well, but I did, I, I went to Europe. Like I literally just started, um, so smart. you know, UK, France. I put out some content in French because I speak French and I was going through all that. And I literally captured a nice part of the market there yeah. that was just not as, you know, kind of in tune with everything that's going on in the U.S. And the interesting thing in the States, everything happens first in the U.S. So yeah. you just watch that market. And if you speak another language, just duplicate it in Spanish or in French. It's such an amazing asset to be able to speak more yeah. than one language. Yeah. And if you, especially if you're natively. So that's that's actually a really great tip because I think there's money to be made in these outside markets. Traffic is so cheap in other languages so in comparison to U.S. traffic, right? So even SEO, there's less content. There's all this stuff. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting that you say that. Um, I mean, I definitely think that people should pick up hobby boss so like if you're just starting out in the industry guys you know this is like everybody's always always asking i hear these questions all the time like how, what do i even do like how do i start where do i go how did like you know so it's it's important to to use steve's tips um and just in closing steve i mean you gave us such good insight about you know how to get started but it, once you do get started once you have that idea give me another step like do, did you hire your vas right away like how did you organize yourself to actually get like kind of some business structure yeah, yeah. So, um, it, in my opinion, it has to be quick and dirty at first. Like, you just got to move fast, and you got to look at like how do I make money now? And um, just so, just like kind of a spoiler alert. Um, if you're getting to the coaching business, like um, just teaching anything, you got to go like one on one. Like what we're doing right now. If let's just say it's like meet on Zoom, that's free. Meet on Zoom. Um, it's like decide on whatever price you're going to charge. Um, and and you can even start within your inner circle of people. Um, if anyone knows anyone who wants to learn photography or crochet or or whatever it might be, you know, like. Um, um, uh, whatever, a pencil, like writing, drawing with a pencil. Um, cause there's so many different things that people, people are into that you don't even realize that they're into. And, and so, um, and also you don't know your friends who are like, who are interested, um, in something they might never bring it up. Oh, I always want to do that. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, do you want to hop on? And you can even have a couple people for free at first, just as, um, as just to kind of like, um, get some reps first and, and then, uh, act as like testimonials, but there's so many different ways to do it. But then once you make your first dollar, like things are going to change in your brain similar to the when your uh, baby's born like it's like that switch flips whoa this is real holy smoke some an idea i had in my brain has turned into money if you've never experienced that before that's gonna be crazy for you yeah. and so so once you do that then it's just multiplication like let's just see how much i could do of that and then but you want to do that until you hit a wall where you're like oh like you get it's a good problem to have like I don't have any more hours. Like I, I'm booking, I'm kind of getting a bit stressed by this. And then it's like, okay, wait a second. It's not, how do I do this? Like you can make things more efficient. Yes. Charge more even, but then you might want to get someone to help you. And maybe you barter, you might even barter. Like I'll teach you this thing. If you help me with this, you might not even pay the money, but you barter, you pay them in services. And then you start kind of like that. And you're just looking to work yourself up to where you got covered your expenses. You're making a profit. And then some of that profit could be allocated towards, I would rec highly recommend a Filipino VA for sure. Um, that's, I think definitely the best country to, to target for a VA. And, yeah. um, and then you can just start building and building from there. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, um, you know, just getting started and getting the the few steps in are always the 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 challenging thing. And I most remember most intimidating, most intimidating. Yes, it's your people. first dollar, right? Like yeah. my parents had a restaurant, and I th I think in every kind of like mom mom and pop small restaurant, their first like dollar. Well, now it's five dollars because there's no mm. paper bills. It's it's always like on the wall, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing for me. Like when I got my first check from like an actual client, I was like, holy shit, this guy actually paid me. 
me. He I know, paid me. I can't believe it. Like, yeah. It wasn't like a, an auto deposit in my bank account for working for somebody. It was literally like, I did this, you did that, and you you paid yeah. me. So it, it represents something. It's very rewarding. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of like, I, you know, it, it's a validation. And the interesting thing of, of what I liked, what you said is just rinse and repeat. If somebody yeah. paid you for this, then somebody else is going to pay for you for this. Yeah. And and one thing I always tell entrepreneurs, um, and I'm sure you agree with this, is that ask for feedback. Yeah. Did you like this? Would you like me to change something? You know, How I mean, you mold I find, it, you shape it. Yeah. And that's yeah. one thing I find. I hire a lot of, you know, contractors and people who do things. And I never hear that. I never hear <laughs> like, not never. They're very few. And the very few who do ask me usually get another gig for me because yeah. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Cause now he's going to fix this or he's going to change that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, anytime, and, and I'm not, you know, even though I'm so many years into my career, anytime I do a consulting agreement, I think my last question is like, would you have done anything differently? Do you want me to change something? How am I going to learn? If I don't know, like, if I don't get any ideas of yeah, what people like or what people don't like. Right. So I think not being afraid to ask is important. Um, so Steve, I think, you know, you went from, you know, like you're a dad, obviously you're a husband, you're a rock star, you're a coach, you're, you know, you, like you're wearing like a million hats. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that you came onto my podcast. Um, is there any last kind of last advice, or let me ask you a better question. So we have a nice closing question. What is the one thing that keeps you motivated? For me personally, it's creating like, um, and it's funny, like, it's actually really funny that I have three kids. Like I'm the guy who's like, I'm never gonna have kids or get married or anything like that. But like create creation is like my thing that like, I've got like multiple, multiple things always going on at all times. Right. And it's funny that I have multiple kids as well. It's like every part of my life is like, is this is creation. And, and, and I think that, um, that's where you feel the most human, the most alive is, is in creating. It's definitely what I do. Um, this isn't work for me. This is, um, this is creating this is my art, right? Like anything I'm I'm doing whether I'm making music, which I still am professionally, but it's like I'm it's creation at all times. And so, I mean, if there were any parting words, um, it, it's I think we live in a time where there's so much opportunity. And I think that it's not that you should do this or that, like, it might be a good idea. I think everyone has to have something that's absolutely their own, their own source of income. It's a security thing now that like, you know, it, it uh, COVID just pressed fast forward button on everything. But it's like, this is one of the reasons why I also released Hobby Boss when I did is because I think that I want to empower people to say like, you can do it. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to have a million dollar business. Like it doesn't matter if you have a million dollar per year business or more. It's like, you can just have an extra 500 bucks. They say like an extra $500 per month is life-changing for people. And it's not even necessarily the 500 bucks. It's just the fact that your idea, you turn an idea, like in the morning, you have an idea. And at nighttime, you have money that came in for that idea that you had earlier that day. That's such a crazy concept. And, and so when you experience that, not only is that empowering, but it's also, it's, um, it gives you, um, it gives you the security that like, okay, cool. Well now I can do that. I don't have to rely on anybody else. Now it's me, it's up to me to do this. And, um, and I think that that's just some, something that is essential now for people. The opportunities there, there's so much different opportunity there. If you don't know how to do like, you got to hook up with someone, maybe you have to partner with someone, but, um, it's like, no matter how you do it, I think that it has to be done now. Uh, cause you know, you never know if someone's going to like lay you off or if you get fired or, if, you know, an industry is going to get killed by AI or something like that. You just never oh, know. Yeah you know? And so, well, yeah, I mean, the thing is that, that I find the, the funny thing that I find interesting about what you just said uh, is that you said it's, 
you have to do it on your own because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. About 20 years ago, even, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it was the opposite. It was, you better keep your job because you don't know, you know, if you go exactly. out there on your own How, and now, that's so interesting. it's yeah. like, it's almost like, and I think that's like a little bit of a trend with a lot of things. Like, you know, you mentioned crypto earlier, crypto self-banking. So yeah. now you're like, you're self-banking, you're self-working, you're self-creating your thing. And there's almost like that, I feel like that trend that's happening where, everybody's um i mean i predict in the future it's going to be a gig economy for everything it's like you get paid for this you do this you do this yeah. jobs i think are a little bit antiquated like yeah it could, it could yeah i think so as well and by the way I, i'm not trying to like make the whole world an entrepreneur because like some people yeah. are there are more of that than others however having something that's your own as a side thing where you have the stability of your job like for some people that's it's a perfect situation they, and they also some people might just love their job for people who don't necessarily love their job you would definitely love your job a lot more if you also had an outlet that was your own thing that was also bringing in money it's fine to go nine to five or whatever you're working at your job because you're there to work and all that and um you might not need to love it but you have something else that you love and that's the perfect balance it gives you the security yeah. sometimes like i look at my wife like she takes a day off work she's a teacher she takes a day off work a sick day and she still gets paid and it's like oh man okay well cool there are some recurring things that i obviously course, have going yeah. on but like if my, if I don't show up for my business right now, it is a liability, right? And so um, it's it's having a job isn't such a bad thing while that is still a thing, you know, if, if that ever goes away. But yeah, I just think that having that thing, even for my wife, it's like, we we got to set up your own thing. We got to like have more, um, more stuff going on, more projects that bring in some money for the family. Cause that's like groceries right there. Like, cool, let's do this thing and uh, deliver this value so that we could pay for groceries every single month type of thing. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you could do a small thing, get a, a little extra income. Some people love their jobs. It's good. Not everybody's, like you said, not everybody's meant to yeah. be an entrepreneur. I would never push people in entrepreneur entrepreneurship, but kind of having that extra skill or s developing something is just good for your future. And, and if things don't work out at your job, you're always like, okay, well, I have this little something I can grow or whatever. But totally. uh, overall, I think, uh, you know, I would definitely tell our audience, you guys go pick up Ho Hobby Boss if you're just getting started and you're kind of looking for some steps. Steve, you're going to give us all your links and we're going to post them down below of, you awesome. know, your books and your coaching and so forth. And I think every everybody who's listening who has ever wanted to meet a rock star, because you're so approachable, I think you might get a lot. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I just want to talk to him. So, oh, cool. Thank um, you. so, you know, we'll put some, we'll put Steve's contact information below for you guys. And uh, obviously don't barrage him with uh, too much, but um, you know, I definitely think that, you know, I, I'm, I'm surprised obviously at how approachable you are given the level of success. Usually you hear, you know, musicians, when they get to a certain level, they kind of block people out. Uh, but I, I'm very happy that you hopped on the podcast and I really thank, thank you. you for your time. Have a Thanks great so day. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, you too. Take care. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.